of the world. Pass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode, we're going to talk about Damian Lillard continuing to be incredible. CJ McCollum bouncing back, pardon the pun. And the two plays that Terry Stotts showed his team in the locker room after they beat the Brooklyn Nets. But let's start with the hero, the man who's been wearing his cape for a whole week. Did not go back in the phone booth just yet. Is that Superman reference dated? <laughs> Are there other superheroes I should now be referencing with these with these uh, jokes? Was that even a joke? It was more of an illusion. In any case, Damian Lillard still is still a freaking superhero. Against the Nets on Thursday night, 42 points on 13 of 22 shooting, 8 of 14 from the floor, 12 assists, 1 turnover. He had two steals, one of which we'll talk about a little bit more in the third segment. But... That that box score might not jump out at you, and that's because Dame had 51 and then 61 in his last two games. This was, by some measurements, his worst game of the week. Yeah, 42-12 and 12 was his worst game of the week. The guy is just on another level right now. But I think there needs to be some context here. Uh, this wasn't just Dame being Dame. Uh, I joked about it uh in the after the Mavericks game is that maybe they should have doubled your boy. Well, the Nets did. They decided that they would rather play three on four than five on five. They would rather just get the ball out of Damian Lillard's hands at all costs, including one moment in the third quarter. And this is really the, the my favorite moment, perhaps, of the week. Um, I mean, everything that happened in the Mavs game was pretty fun. Because Dame is just, he's playing at a level that is incredibly fun. A true privilege to watch, as I've said. But this isn't going to surprise you if you watch Blazer games. They're up. They get, got up by six at halftime and then totally fell apart in the in the third quarter. Just could not stop the Nets from scoring. They had their own trouble a little bit on offense. But really the issue was they just could not stop the Nets no matter what they did from scoring. You, you heard this one before? Sounds pretty familiar? Yeah. This is kind of who they are right now. And you know who Damian Lillard is? He's the guy who rescues them. Hence the stupid phone booth thing. So the Nets are up seven. They'd been up ten. Uh, and 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 Dame is kind of clearly early in the fourth quarter, like, okay, we've gotta go. We gotta I gotta put my head down. And second possession in the fourth quarter. At this point, the Nets have already been doubling him pretty aggressively, but uh, what he's about to do kind of changes the calculations. He takes a step and a half inside the half-court line and with his heel firmly on the NBA logo, launches what the box score calls a 35-footer. I would have guessed it was further than 35 feet. You know, if, if mid-court is 47 feet from the rim, uh, I would have guessed that this was a 40-foot three. But he just calmly lines up a shot from, a you know, three steps inside half-court, cash, and the next possession, the Nets double-team him behind half-court. And, quite frankly, it was a good call. The Nets' calculation was right. Anybody but Dame. And for a lot of the game, this was the right move. I mean, uh, the Nets gave up really open looks by 
believe it or not, sending two guys to the ball 40 feet from the rim gives up a lot of open looks. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic eventually took advantage of this down the stretch. The Blazers basically won this game because not because they got a ton of open threes. They missed those open threes. Gary Trent Jr. missed two really good looks. Carmelo Anthony missed a good look just sort of out of this high trap stuff. Ball rotates down to the corners and 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 guys just missed you know practice three pointers it happens um this was the calculation that Jacques Vaughn and the Nets made but the Blazers basically won this game because Dame was so good and they had to send two guys to the ball that when Yusuf Nurkic got back on the floor in the fourth quarter he was finally able to take advantage and play really well down the stretch of just being bigger than who the Nets had out there uh he would catch the ball in the middle of the floor against this trap kind of the you've seen the Blazers do this before where they kind of spread the wings out and have someone go to the foul line and basically just be the outlet for for whoever is getting trapped and whoever being Damien Lillard almost always in these cases and uh, sometimes the decision making from Nurk is can be poor there sometimes he rushes it he'll run guys over with you know uh, just trying to get to the rim too quickly and guys will slide under him because he's a big dude and taking charges on big dudes easy because you fall down fall down go boom ref always blows the whistle with that kind of stuff but Nurk was great a couple quick spin moves couple just getting to the rim and getting fouled uh he was he worked the middle of that trap down the stretch brilliantly and that's why the blazers won but it all was leveraged off dame's brilliance and of course he was really really awesome tonight one turnover in 44 minutes with double teams coming at him along with 12 assists like that is in context just an incredible feet to only have one turnover considering the the load he was carrying considering the the efficiency he he shot with considering how much defensive attention he was getting how many eyes were on him every time and how many just bodies were on him just two you know two guys going after him the perhaps sort of perfect encapsulation of how good dame was and how much his how special he was sort of allowed the blazers to 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 leverage everything they got at the end of the game off of his excellence uh comes from this inside tracks from tnt where garrett temple is telling his teammate jeremiah martin that when damian lillard comes across half court you need to double team him at all costs damian lillard dribbling up you guarding him i don't care if that's cj mccullough i don't care if that's michael jordan over there you pick him up i don't he got that's the ball right there and dame got it he's gonna shoot it from the nba he's gonna shoot it from the nba indeed he did to key the Blazers' late rally, a game that looked a lot like the Blazers' other games. Dame was brilliant. Defense was terrible. There was a third-quarter collapse, and then they won the game at crunch time. A lot like Sunday's win over Philadelphia, a lot like Tuesday's win over Dallas. Probably will be a lot like the Blazers' games will be against the Memphis Grizzlies in the play-in round. But this game is big because they got there. Now they have... A Saturday game. They they are they are officially eighth. They will play the ninth place Grizzlies on Saturday. We'll talk a little bit more about that matchup in a podcast to come. Check your feed soon. But you can expect that playing game to be close the way this one was close. There's no reason to think it won't be. There's no reason to think Damian Lode won't be special. He's on the type of tear that there's just not too many people that can touch the heights where he's at right now. It's 158 points in his last three games. The dude is just nuts. But the Blazers wouldn't have won this game if Dame didn't get a little help. Like I mentioned, Yusuf Nurkic really big down the stretch. And we'll talk about more about him in the third segment. But 
Dame's running mate, CJ McCollum, after a, an absolute stinker against the Dallas Mavericks, bounced back in a big way. That's what we'll talk about in the third segment is CJ's, I don't know if it's redemption, but it's a, a much better game than what he looked like on Tuesday night. But before we get there, I want to tell you all about rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. And you can go to rockauto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. You can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Whether that's engine control modules or brake parts or tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, you name it, they got it. And it's all there on their catalog that is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and specifications and best of all, the prices that you prefer. Because RockAuto.com's always got reliably low prices and they're the same as the for the professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why would you pay twice as much for the same parts? Don't do that. Instead, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right. So we talked about Damian Lowe's brilliance. This is who he is and what he does. But the Blazers don't win this game without the 25 points from CJ McCollum. And maybe in the past, CJ McCollum scoring 25 points on 9 of 21 shooting wouldn't have made its own segment. I wouldn't have spent 8 minutes on this because, quite frankly, it wouldn't have mattered. This is, you know, that's like a relatively normal game from CJ. But... After a 2-for-14 performance against the Dallas Mavericks, where he had 8 points and 5 fouls and posted a pretty stunning plus-minus of minus 25. They were outscored by 25 points in a game that, while CJ was on the court, in the game they won by 5. Incredible, incredible box score line from CJ. And that was the the we found out that night after the game that CJ McCollum has has been playing with a fracture in his back and he still hasn't met with the media. He was supposed to meet with the media today. He didn't. He did speak with Brooke Olsendam in the Blazers post game interview and he looked exhausted and in a lot of pain. He was kind of short of breath. I mean, this is a dude who's, who's definitely playing with a serious injury. We don't know how serious it is, but I think we need to stop talking about it like it's a really limiting thing because Chris Haynes of Turner and Yahoo Sports, but I believe I believe he reported this while working for Turner, so we'll credit him as Chris Haynes of Turner, reported that CJ actually hurt himself in the first game of the restart, and that was against Memphis when he played 46 minutes in an overtime game. He followed that by playing 41 against Boston, 40 against Houston, 40 against Denver, 39 against the Clippers, 39 minutes against the Philadelphia 76ers, and 39 minutes against the Dallas Mavericks, followed by 44 minutes in the entire second half against the Brooklyn Nets. He's not on the injury report. He's playing not just his normal allotment of minutes, but a huge chunk of minutes. And he's not talking about his back injury. Someone else decided to leak that information. It's my colleague at NBC Sports, Dwight Chains. Someone else decided to make an excuse for CJ McCollum. He is not doing that, and we aren't going to do that. If the dude has a stinker game... He has a stinker game. It happens. But he's playing his normal allotment of minutes. So I'm not 
I'm not saying disregard the injury doesn't count, but if they're not going to put him on the injury report and he's not going to play less, he's kind of functioning like a healthy player or functioning like a lot of NBA dudes at this time of the year who are beat up. I'm not trying to discredit CJ McCollum. I'm trying to discredit the excuse train. He's He is not interested in sort of talking about it or making these excuses. We shouldn't be either. So what does he do after an absolute awful game where he had more missed shots, 12, than points? Eight? Ooh. 25 points on 9 of 21 shooting, 7 dimes, 3 steals. And hit the biggest bucket of the game. Now, it wasn't a 40-footer like Dame a few steps inside the three-point line. It was more of CJ McCollum that you've come to know and love or at least tolerate. Blazers got the ball up to clock ticking under a minute. How they got the ball back, we'll talk about shortly. But they get the ball up to under a minute, and they just clear out for CJ. They kind of they kind of the ball swings to him um, instead of letting Dame operate because it was kind of a scramble to start the play. But letting Dame operate kind of as the clock rolls down, then they're going to send a double team. Then you have to swing, swing. They just said CJ. You're one of the great one-on-one scorers in this league. Go get a bucket. And what does CJ do? Walked his man down to about a 20-footer in between the free throw line and the three-point line. Can a mid-range jumper to put the Blazers up four with a minute left. And Portland held on from there. The biggest shot of the game, CJ McCollum aced. And he did it while looking like CJ McCollum. Now, like I said, in this post-game interview, he clearly wasn't right. He's not right physically. Um, he went 0 for 6 from 3. He might not have, there might be some physical lift limitations limiting his lift when he's trying to shoot from distance. So he might get do most of his damage a little bit closer to the rim. I mean, against Dallas, he was missing everything. He was missing floaters and everything. This wasn't a dude who was injured against the Mavericks. I mean, it was, right? Like, and it was a big deal that this is like, that he's playing with a fractured back. Like, I'm... I think I might have overstated it in the beginning of this uh, segment a little bit. But what I'm saying is that as much as you want to write off this bad game was about the injury, if he plays well, you can't say, oh, he's healed, I guess, is what, I, what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying is this is there's going to be ups and downs. This is a dude playing through some pain, obviously, playing through some injury, playing through an injury. We don't exactly, um, we haven't heard from him. You know, he hasn't spoken to... Uh, in the media in any formal setting other than talking with Chris Haynes. Um, and I don't believe that was on TV. I watched the local broadcast, so I didn't, I didn't see the TNT broadcast. It's blacked out here in Portland. What's up with that? But the, the big takeaway here from CJ's whole injury is not whether he's spoken to the media. This is just me whining. You're listening to me whine because I, wow, wow, I haven't got to talk to CJ. I'm being a little, this is media babies. The big deal is that he is capable of still being a very important second fiddle. Damian Lillard is going to carry the load. He has proven that over this week when he has just been absurd. He's going to win MVP of the bubble. They're giving out MVP of the bubble. They're going to give it to Dame. He's going to get some hardware. Maybe not hardware. Maybe they won't have a trophy, but he's going to get he's going to get some recognition, some national recognition. He's been the best player in Orlando during the seeding games. But the Blazers' hopes, a lot of the Blazers' hopes rest on C.J. McCollum's health, or C.J. McCollum's productivity is probably a better way to say that. 
and 25 four boards, seven assists, three steals, and a block shot in 44 minutes in a must-win game, that's pretty productive. I think what we know from, from how this all played out is that maybe the way the injury leaked out was an explanation for a bad night, but not a fair one. CJ deserves credit for gutting it out, for being gritty, for being tough, for putting his putting the team above his physical discomfort and, and a great deal of pain. He looked, in the very brief moment I saw him on the Blazers broadcast, like a dude who was searching to catch his breath. And to me, a podcaster, not a doctor, a believably someone in a great deal of pain who maybe the painkillers were wearing off after three hours of a very intense basketball game. I don't mean to celebrate nor question his toughness or even speak to it. What I want to say is that he, this game showed what he is capable of still while dealing with whatever physical ailments he is dealing with. And the Blazers need more nights like this to continue. Their season was saved in large part because CJ McCollum bounced back. There might be nights when he looks more like the Mavericks. There might be night, a game against the Mavericks. There might be nights when he looks more like he did against the Nets. The Blazers need the scale to tip in this direction, regardless of his health. Because if he's going to play and he's going to play big minutes, which it seems pretty clear he's he's willing to do, play 40-plus minutes a night with this injury, the Blazers need him to be good. They don't have a better option. Uh he's still a better basketball player than Gary Trent Jr. So tip of the cap to old CJ, a a really nice bounce back game. uh, And you don't hear him making excuses. What you hear him is making 20 footers to seal the game. All right, third segment, let's come back and talk about the two clips that Terry Stotts played for the Blazers in the locker room. When the game ended, he queued up two plays for the team to watch. So that's what we'll talk about in the third segment. What was up on the video board and what the Blazers saw when this game ended. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Lockdown Blazers. Talked about Dame's heroics. He's donning the cape. He's not taking it off. At least not yet. He's probably wearing that cape in the ice bath. Probably wearing that cape in his presidential suite at the Yacht Club at Disney World. Hopefully he'll still be wearing it on Saturday when the Blazers play the Grizzlies in the play-in round. Talked about CJ McCollum, who he's not making excuses for what he's like physically. He's just getting buckets when the Blazers need him. But what I want to talk about to close the show is the two video clips that Terry Stotts played for his team when this game ended. So, so this isn't particularly uncommon. Um, this isn't like this thing where where. This isn't a special moment. Pretty often after games, uh, Terry will come in and he'll say, put a clip on the video board. Like in the in the Blazers home locker room, there's a there's two big video boards at the at sort of the head of head of the locker room. And he'll they'll play a clip and say, you know, this was big for us. This is, you know, this was the moment that really changed the game for us. So this isn't new. But when he goes in the locker room, he didn't play a 40-foot three from Damian Lillard. He didn't play C.J. McCollum's 20-footer to put the Blazers up four. He didn't play a crucial corner three-pointer from Carmelo Anthony. In fact, he didn't play any of the Blazers' offensive plays at all. 
He played two hustle plays that kind of embody how the Blazers won this game. Their defense sucked in this game, in large part because they are not a good defensive team. There's no magic coming to save them. But Terry Stotts queued up two hustle plays. Probably more accurately, uh, Blazers video coordinator Jonathan Yim queued up these plays, but at the request of Terry Stotts. The first of the defensive plays that Stotts showed his team was a steal by Yusuf Nurkic with about 90 seconds left in the game. The Nets ran just a pick and roll that had been killing them, killing the Blazers all night, high pick and roll. Joe Harris came down the lane. Nurk kind of stayed with him and, and forced a pass. The pass went into Jared Allen and the and Gary Trent Jr. did a good job to kind of harass the catch, make it hard on the net center, Jared Allen. And but he kind of still had his hands on it. And Nurk reached in and tipped the ball away from from Allen and then dove on the floor and and threw it up. Kind of just pitched it up from his side up to CJ McCollum, who then got the ball to Dame and and the the Blazers went down on offense. Now the Blazers don't score there. We'll get to that from the next clip. But this first play Stott showed him because it was it was the hustle. It was a determination that it took from a seven footer to dive on the floor, knock the ball away, to follow the play. You know, Joe Harris had gotten all the way to the rim and then made a pass across the paint. And just simple pick and roll stuff the Blazers had had trouble with all night. They couldn't stop Karis Levert. They couldn't they couldn't when they were getting stops in the fourth quarter, they couldn't get rebounds. They were just, it was just a nightmare. Um, they were either giving up easy buckets or giving up the Nets' second and third chances. In fact, in the fourth quarter alone, the Brooklyn Nets had seven offensive rebounds. It's absurd. So Stotts showed that play because it was them actually finishing a play. It was them doing what it takes to finish a play. The, their defense is bad. I was going to use the word imperfect, but it's actually just bad. And so they sometimes they just need an the extra effort, the extra hustle, the extra just commitment just to get get themselves out of a defensive possession and into offense where they've been magical and where they're just so damn good. So Nurk dives on the floor, flips it up to CJ. CJ throws it cross court to Damian Lord and Dame walks down Blazers up two, and looks like he's going to put his stamp on the game. That's where the next clip comes in. Dame actually misses a little floater against the Nets defense. They don't double team him because they're kind of in transition and it's harder when you're in transition to like have get set and really double team and then help off the double team. So he's able to walk himself into the paint and he gets about a step inside the free throw line and throws up a floater that misses. Nets get the board. Karis LeVert now, you know, maybe just over a minute and 15 seconds left. Karis LeVert comes the other way. It's pretty quick back and forth from, from Nurk diving on the ground to day missing a floater to now the Nets running the other way with again a chance to tie the game. But Damon Lode stays with the ball and he kind of fakes like he's going to poke it away on the left-hand side and Karis LeVert sees him and he keeps it in his right hand and Dame just lunges for the ball in Karis LeVert's right hand right around midcourt, knocks the ball out of LeVert's hand, dives on the floor, gets the ball up to McCollum, who then comes down and hits that 20-footer to put the Blazers up four. That's the second play Terry Stott showed. Dame steal. On a night where the Blazers could not stop anyone, they'd given up 120 points 
at the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter. Game was fast, but the Nets were shooting something like 57% from the field at that point. Stotts played two defensive plays. Two defensive plays in the final two minutes that defined how the Blazers survived this game. Sure, they survived because Damian Lode had 40 and because Yusuf Nurkic had two really crucial buckets down the stretch and because CJ McCollum hit a 20-footer that is right in his bread, bread and butter. That is absolutely his wheelhouse. They won the game because they scored and they kept scoring, but Stotts played those two clips because they showed what the Blazers are going to need. They're not going to lock teams up, y'all. There's no savior coming. Even though I see it on Twitter every day, Trevor Ariza is not allowed to rejoin the team. That's not how, that's again, that would be against league rules. He was not on the roster they submitted. He's not welcome. He's, he's doing a family thing, but he ain't coming to help play defense. And frankly, the rest of the Blazers rosters might be banged up. Son Whiteside doesn't seem like he's 100% still dealing with some left leg stuff, and Nurk hinted that maybe he re-aggravated something. Unclear how serious it is. He won't be on the injury report. I know how the Blazers do. Every time Zach Collins left the game on Thursday night, he went and rode the stationary bike. That is not exactly the sign of someone who's feeling totally physically healthy themselves. So we don't know what's going on with everyone. Seems like the Blazers are just going to play through their bumps and bruises. But... Their best defenders are maybe hurt or maybe don't exist. And that combination has left them as a bad defensive team. So that's why Terry Stott showed those two clips. It's not about this. They're not going to lock teams up. They're not going to morph into a wonderful defensive team, but they can win games with little hustle plays. Tracking back Karis LeVert at midcourt and diving to get a steal. Damian Lillard with his best play of the game came on defense. And Nurk, after he'd hit a rolling finger roll, he literally rolled to the ground is why I said rolling twice there, uh, to put the Blazers up too, came down on the other end and made a steal and dove on the floor and kept the play alive, kept the Blazers, gave the Blazers possession, made sure it didn't go out of bounds to keep, to keep the Blazers in range. Stotts played those plays because hustle is what's going to define this team because actual good defensive execution is not an option. The Blazers are friends with chaos. They should embrace it because when the play-in games start this weekend, you can bet on more chaos. Looking forward to those. Blazers play Memphis on Saturday. If they win, they're in the playoffs. Tuesday, game one against the LA Lakers. If they lose, game two of the of the play-in round would be Sunday. It'll be a winner-take-all scenario. Should be a ton of fun. Got a preview podcast coming of that play-in series tomorrow, so check your feeds. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers. will be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.